0: I'm honored to be here again. I'm going to take your attention to Acts chapter 26. While you're turning, I give honor to your pastor. Brother Robbins, I love you so very much. Very thankful for him and his kindness toward me. Thankful for all of you. I know it's a Tuesday night. You know, in Little Rock, we have church on Tuesday night, so that's our normal midweek. But I know that it, on when you're not used to having church on Tuesday night, it's a lot to come to the house of God on Tuesday night. And so I'm very thankful for all of you being here. It'd be mighty hard to try to have church if none of you showed up. So I'm thankful that you are here as well. Give honor where honor is due. Again, I love brother and sister Robbins very, very much. I'm gonna take your attention to Acts chapter 26 and we're gonna start at verse 20. I can't remember what verse I told them. 24, I believe. Yeah, 24, that sounds right. The Bible says, and as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. You realize Pentecost was not done in a corner. We're not meant to be in a corner. This thing is supposed to be noised abroad. And then he said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost, everyone say almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, accept these bonds. Tonight, I want to preach to you from this thought, almost and all together. Almost and all together. If you wouldn't mind setting your Bible down. Would you stretch your hand toward this pulpit one more time? And would you begin to lift your voice and ask God to be in the remainder of this service? God, we need you right now. Oh, come on, church. Lift your voice and pray. Come on. I would to God somebody would begin to to travail in the spirit right now. You ought to pray till you talk in tongues right now. God, in the name of Jesus, we need you to move in the house, Lord. Lord, I believe you've got a special work you want to do in this place tonight. God, I'm asking you to let me be a vessel for you, God. I'm but a mouthpiece, but you can do so much more in a short time, God. Lord, I'm asking you to change somebody's life, God. Change somebody's course of direction tonight, God. God, walk these aisles and be in every pew, God. God, hide me behind the cross, God, and we give you praise and glory for doing it in Jesus name won't everybody shout in Jesus name that would have been good if I was in a Trinitarian church but I'm in a one God church tonight you ought to shout in Jesus name name. that was better you may be seated tonight the scripture I brought your attention to tonight is I'm assuming not one that is uh, too far from being familiar The scripture we see that Paul is is bound up in chains and and he's standing before a man by the name of Agrippa. Agrippa was a leader in that day, some might would say a king, but he was a leader nonetheless in that day. He was not a man who hated Christians, but he was also not a Christian himself. But we see now that Paul is standing before him, and he's standing before a court of his peers, and they are wondering what's going to come of this Paul fella. What's going to happen to him? And we know that the only person that can decide his fate is Agrippa. But what does Paul decide to do? Instead of saying, hey, I'm innocent, free me. Instead of saying, I won't do what you're accusing me of doing ever again. Paul begins to tell his testimony Paul begins to talk about what happened on his road to Damascus you've got to understand something today Paul was not a foolish man he was a well educated man Paul had been in the finest schools in Jerusalem and he was a top dog when it came to the Pharisees he was not just anybody to play with he was not just another man this was a man who knew what he was talking about Can I tell you tonight that I'm concerned in Pentecost because we've got a lot of young people that have fervency and zeal, but yet they don't have an idea what they're talking about. Can I tell you, it's not enough for you to just know Acts 2.38. You better know every scripture that backs up Jesus' name, baptism. It's not enough for you to just quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4. You better know more oneness scriptures than just a handful of young people. You want to know why you need to know it? Because even when you're standing before Agrippa, you can give your testimony and stand flat-footed and say, I know in whom I believe, and you ain't going to shake my faith. And that's exactly what happened that day. Imagine Paul, a man who'd gone to school, a man who was educated, a man who was a Pharisee, not just any other man, a man who had also killed Christians. He at one time was was known for killing Christians. If Paul was coming to town, you better not have church on Sunday. If if Paul was coming to town, you you better not mention that Jesus fella. If Paul was coming to town, you better hide because he's going to find every Christian in the area and he's going to have your head. That was the reputation that Paul had. And all of a sudden, I can imagine how Paul may have felt because now his friends are hearing. Did you hear that Paul is now supposedly a preacher in that Pentecostal faith? He is a preacher with those other guys, with that Peter fella. He has been baptized in Jesus' name, and apparently he's talking in tongues now. And he said himself that Jesus is God. I I cannot believe that Paul has switched sides on us. So imagine now this man who had a reputation. Now he's standing before a king and he's saying, listen, I've got to tell you my testimony. And so he begins to share. I was on my way to Damascus one day, and my intention was to kill a lot of Christians. That was what I found joy in, and I was excited about what I was getting ready to go do. You, you got to understand something. I understand that there are pleasures in sin, but the Bible says it's only but for a moment. I understand you think that it's fun getting drunk. You might think it's fun getting high out of your mind. Maybe it makes you feel like you can escape the reality of your life. But can I tell you tonight, there ain't no better high than this Holy Ghost that we feel in this room. I wish somebody that used to get high would testify right now that God is better than any high I've ever been a part of. He's better than any drunk I've ever felt this world has to offer why because I've been there and I know for myself and so this man Paul he's telling his testimony he says I I was on my way to Damascus and then something strange happened as I was on my way all of a sudden I was knocked off of my horse And when I got down to the ground, there was a beaming light that blinded me, and I could not see anything. All I could hear was a voice out of heaven, and it was Jesus. And he said, I said to him, who art thou, Lord? And he said, it's Jesus whom thou persecuted. Now, here's what you got to understand something. A lot of people don't like this, but that's oneness right there. Because Ephesians tells us there ain't but one Lord. There ain't but one faith. There ain't but one baptism. If there was but one Lord, and we understand that to be God, then when Paul asked the question, who art thou, Lord? Jesus would not have responded that this is Jesus, but for Jesus to respond, this is Jesus whom thou persecuted. It confirmed everything he was preaching against. Can I tell you tonight, there ain't but one God, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my deliverer. Jesus is my way maker. Jesus is my promise keeper. Jesus is my sustainer. Jesus is my keeper. Jesus is the lover of my soul. Thank God for this oneness message. I believe everybody ought to know who Jesus is. I believe everybody ought to know the truth of God's identity. He's not some second person in a triune nature of God. Jesus is almighty God. See, we've been around that revelation long enough. That's why some of us ain't got excited or clapped about it yet. You just say, well, I've been known that. Well, I'm glad that you know that, but some folks don't know that. It's a revelation. And when you get the revelation of who Jesus is, I'm telling you, there's something that still rises up in me when I get to thinking about who Jesus is. There's still an excitement that comes into me when I think about who Jesus is. There's still something that jumps out of me when I see who Jesus is. Because at the foundation of who we are, we are Jesus' name people. And in order for you to be a Jesus' name person, you have to believe that Jesus is the name of God. And so anyway, that wasn't in my notes. That was free for you all. But we see that Paul begins his ministry. He makes his way to Ananias. He's telling this story, and he's telling them how all of this worked out for him. Then all of a sudden, this fellow by the name of Festus, the Bible says with a loud voice. he, He didn't do it humbly. He said, Paul, you are insane, man. I remember you when you was in school and I remember you when you was going through, when you was killing folks. A lot of learning has made you mad, fella. You've been off with the wrong crowd for a long time. You, 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 you've gotten messed up. You, you've been around them one God people a little bit too long. You, you've been around those Jesus name people a little bit too long. You, you've let that pastor get into your head. You, you, you've let those people convince you that you've got to live separate from the world. You've let those people convince you that there ain't but one God and his name is Jesus. You've let those people convince you that you've got to speak in tongues. You're crazy. And this is what Paul responds to him. He said, oh, oh, noble Festus. He said, I I know you think this sounds a little insane. I know you think this is crazy. He said, but you just weren't there when he knocked me off my horse. You weren't there when he saved me. You weren't there when he picked me up. You weren't there when he turned my life around. You weren't there when he took away the desires to smoke and do everything else. You weren't there when he found me. I'm sorry if you think it's crazy, but I know what the message did for me. Some of you tonight, you need to think back to the night that God found you. It might just make you praise him a little bit more. It might just pick you up a little bit. It might just give you joy when you feel like mourning. It might just put a pep in your step. Now, I'll be honest with you. I never smoked. I never drank. I never did any of that stuff. So I don't know what it feels like to be addicted. I've seen the effects of addiction, but I don't know what it feels like to be addicted. I tell people this all the time. I can't dance like somebody who's been set free from addiction can dance because I've never been addicted. My shout ain't going to be the same as somebody who was messed up in the perversion of this world and in lust of the flesh. My shout ain't going to look like their shout. See, and this is, where the, this is where we've gotten weird because now everybody's shout is kind of the same. Everybody's kind of dancing the same. Everybody is jumping on the same beat and everybody is telling the same testimony with their praise. But some of us, we don't realize our testimony is different from other people's testimonies now i'm going to be honest with you i'm thankful for young people who have never smoked who've never drank who've never done that but it's something about somebody who steps out into the aisle and you know that they was messed up on drugs just a few years ago and you know that they was messed up in alcoholism just a few years ago but they came to the house of God they got to the end of their rope and they said no more I won't be bound no more I'm tired of that lifestyle I'm tired of being bound I to get myself into the house of God. And I wasn't there when God found you, but I know what happened when he found me. You, you got to understand something tonight, church. Paul's testimony. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. One thing about Paul, he was not going to withhold it from nobody. He didn't care who he was standing in front of, whether it be a king or if it could have been just a servant lady. He was going to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Can I tell you tonight that we are struggling because we don't tell people what God's done for us. You you wouldn't believe what some folks' testimony is sitting in these pews right now. You wouldn't know it because they ain't dancing, they ain't shouting, they ain't praising God. But I'm gonna tell you, I pray to God that I never get so far removed from the day that he saved me that I forget when I come into his house that he's still worthy. He's still worthy. He's still worthy. Maybe you don't think so, but I think he's still worthy. The way I shouted the day I got the Holy Ghost is the, day, the way I shout today. Why? Because he's still worthy. Yeah. Now, I've had people tell me over the years, what has changed in churches? Because we used to have worship services that would, now see, some of y'all, if I preach past 8 o'clock, y'all gonna start checking out. But see, brother, That Brother Robbins' generation, I wouldn't raise in that generation, but, you know, they would have revival. See, some of us couldn't show up tonight, but if we was in Brother Robbins' generation, the revival was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You might get Saturday off, but then you kick back up on Sunday. And and, and if you didn't show up, pastor was going to call you. Let me tell you something. I know Brother Robbins ain't scared to call nobody because I remember many calls. I literally told when I, Brother Romans, I think you traumatized me a little bit because when I moved to North Little Rock, every time Brother Holmes called me, I just knew I was in trouble. Now nah, I'm just messing. Kinda. But it, back in those days, they used to have church and they didn't care how long it went. They, they, didn't care, they didn't care if it went past 12 o'clock. They just said, we've got to get in the presence of God. You want to know why they were so adamant about it? Because they knew this is what will keep our children. When, we, when we're when we not around, our children have a way of escape from the fouls of the devil because we've raised them. I'm going to tell you something, parents. I, I know I know it's kind of hard now in today's climate to protect young people from everything. I, I'm not trying to say you ought to put them on lock and key. But what I do understand is that you made a good decision bringing them to the house of God tonight. Because there's a lot of things after their attention. But thank God you brought them into the house of God. Praise God you brought them here. You want to know what that means? When they get older, when they get to the point where they have to make a decision, they'll remember what they heard in the house of God. I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to like this. But unless you start preaching with me, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, church, we're, we're, we're getting to a point in Pentecost. I, I'm just, I can only speak for Pentecostals. So I, I've, I've been around in churches and I began to notice this this, this decline in, in worship. We've gotten quiet in Pentecost. We, we, I mean, right now, I could hear the rat licking ice in Brother Robin's office. We've gotten too quiet in Pentecost. You want to know what happened when the children of Israel got quiet? They started complaining. And you want to know what makes God mad? When you start complaining. Let me tell you something. God, God wants a people that worship over complains. I'll put it to you this way. They come up out the Red Sea, and they had their tambourines in their hands, and then the moment they set their tambourines down, they said, well, why would he bring us out here to die? We'd rather be eating the garlic leeks and clothes in Egypt. And then next thing you know, they had a golden calf melted down and built up, and they started worshiping a golden calf. Why? Because they set their praise down when they came out of the Red Sea, and they didn't pick it back up. You understand today, church, that praise is is incumbent upon the people of God. We have to praise him. It's It's not a maybe. It's not optional. God wants a people that know how to praise him. He said, I am your high tower. Run in and be saved. But too many times we'd rather complain than run into the high tower. But I'm gonna tell you something church what bothers me the most about this scripture that I took your attention to tonight was after Agrippa heard the compelling testimony of old brother Paul he said Paul I see your fervency I see your zeal he said that you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian we're living in a time where everybody is almost they're almost apostolic they're halfway Pentecostals. They're almost there. They're almost in a holiness church. They're almost a living right. They're almost, let me tell you something. Paul said, I would to God that everybody's hearing me t- today was not just almost, but all together. I would you be all together converted. Put your sins down and come live for God with me. Put your mess down and come live for God saved. Don't be almost in the house of God. Don't be almost a good husband. Don't be almost a good wife. Don't be almost filled with the Holy Ghost, but be all together converted. Somebody clap your hands in the house right now. Almost and all together. We're living in an hour where people don't want to jump all the way in they just want to be close enough where they can say well well, you know i go to that church you know that if i if i go anywhere that's where i'm gonna go i'm not i'm not really in that in that jesus name movement i'm not really a part of that but i'm almost i'm just close enough when it's it's getting too close to time for the lord to come back for us to be playing games with church I wish somebody would preach with me right now. We're too close to the end game for us to be playing games with God. Hey, it's time for us to start doing what God's commissioned us to do. Well, I got 12 people, so it looks like about 100 and so people are in here. So I'm going to preach to the rest of you. Get with me, okay? I hope that's all right with you. If it ain't, you just going to have to start preaching with me, I reckon. Paul had a problem because he understood this this message. This is what saves you. This is what keeps you. This is what will help you in your time of trouble. And if you don't get saved, I can't tell you what can happen to you, Agrippa. But you won't sleep with peace because you're not saved. You won't sleep with joy because you're not saved. You won't understand what I feel right now because you're not saved. I would to God. Everybody, stand in this room and pray with me right now. Come on, church. Something is. Something's got us hemmed up right now, and I I want to come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that's keeping you from victory, you need to you need to call it out right now and shout Jesus' name behind it and say, "Devil, get out of this room!" Oh, come on, devourer, get out of this room. Doubt, get out of this room in Jesus' name. Fear, get out of this room in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, church. Oh, come on, church. I, 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 Zion needs to travail right now. Come on, Zion. Lift your voice with me. God, we need you in the house, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God do it, Jesus. Oh God, we come against fear and anxiety right now, Jesus. Oh God, I come against doubt right now, Jesus. Oh, I come against it. God do it in this house, Jesus. Oh, Oh, come on, you ought to keep praying until you feel something break on your road right now. You ought to keep praying until you feel something break right now in this house. I'm coming against doubt and fear right now in Jesus' name. You have no place in the people of God. You have no place in in this church. Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus. Jesus! Oh, come on, clap your hands to him tonight. Oh, come on, accompany your voice with that hand clap right now. Oh, come on, you ought to clap your hands like the devil's in between them and give the devil a bad night tonight. Oh, come on, Cedar Grove. Oh, come on. I feel something beginning to shift in the house. He mahaka. I feel something shifting right now. God do it in Jesus. Oh yeah, that's it right there, sister tree. I feel it too in the room. He